get ready to unleash your inner legal mastermind and embark on an exhilarating legal adventure. Welcome to the Legal Odyssey podcast, where we dive deep into the world of law and bring you face to face with the sharpest legal minds in America. I am thrilled to be your guide on this wild ride as we uncover the hidden secrets of the legal elite. Welcome to another exciting episode of The Legal Odyssey. I'm your host, Haley, and today we have a very special guest who will help unravel some of the mysteries experienced by entrepreneurs throughout America. Get ready to delve into the realm of business law and discover how you can better navigate through the formation of your business. Joining us today is Tosh Grebnik, a business law and securities law attorney of Broomfield, Colorado. Tosh is the founder of Judex Law LLC and comes to us with an abundance of expertise. Welcome to the show, Tosh. I'm so sorry if I mispronounced your last name, (laughs) but we are thrilled to have you here today. Thank you, Haley. And don't worry about it. You aren't the first person to mispronounce it, and I promise you won't be the last. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. So to get us started here, what motivated you to pursue a career in law and become an attorney? Yeah, uh, great question. I've always wanted to help people. Um, you know, you always hear about people who, if only they'd known the right people, or if only they'd known the right information, maybe it could have changed the outcome of their situation, or even changed their life path. Uh, I always think back to this really fun story from my wife when she was a little girl. They went and had a family photo shoot, and, and it was great. They did all the photo shoots, did all the things, and then they noticed later that. Um, the photo from the photo shoot was essentially the marquee photo from his advertising. And so they said, oh, that's amazing. That's so neat. Can, can we see it? You know, is there some way we could have that when you're done with your advertising campaign? And he said, no, not a chance. And they happened to have a personal friend who was an attorney and they happened to be mentioning this. And he's like, well, did you sign waivers? Did you agree? And they said, well, no, we were just, you know, asking about it. He's like, okay, okay. You know, just curious. And lo and behold, it, it was on their doorstep the next morning. So um, you know, not, not to say it needs to be used as a weapon, just that it's, it's always neat to be able to inform people of their rights and be able to help them in situations they didn't even know that they could get help. Right. And it's because it's almost on the other side. It's sad when people don't know the rights that they have. Right. And they feel stuck and I just didn't know what to do. So I did nothing. So it's good to have someone in your corner that can give you that kind of empowerment and that knowledge. Completely agree. <laughs> <laughs> And so I imagine that's what kind of gave light to Judex Law as well. But can you tell us or elaborate, I guess, on what Judex Law stands for? What principles kind of guide your practice? Yeah, so Judex, it's kind of an interesting name. Uh, I was trying to figure out a name for my law firm. And uh, through, I I did a 23andMe and found out that I'm 24% Ashkenazi Jew. So... Um, you know, Mazel Tov. <laughs> I had no idea. Uh, and so we were trying to think of a name. And so my wife had the idea to look up what judge, the word judge was in Hebrew, and it's Judex. So we thought, you know, that's kind of that's kind of fun. And so the, the name of the firm is Judex Law. And, uh, and basically, you know, I just view it from if it were my situation, my business, I have a business degree, so I tend to try to approach these things more of a businessman with a law degree than a lawyer with a business degree. And, and then that gives me kind of the mindset of 
you know, how can I best help them? How, how can we resolve this maybe even outside of using the legal world? And, and, um, and that's how I tend to approach most of my clients. I think that's amazing and it's a great perspective to share because I think a lot of people that are getting into the steps of entrepreneurship or getting into the first steps of business formation, they sometimes forget that a lot of the small business attorneys, or some at least, have that business background, that business expertise. They've kicked off their own law firms, so they do have that knowledge to really help you in kicking off your business as well. Yes, <laughs> and, that, and at least that's part of my hope and practice is to be able to use my knowledge. And you know, I run uh, two two companies, and um, you know, the the uh, the experience and knowledge, and, and frankly, hard knocks that I've had to go through, uh, I gladly pass along to my clients and those around me, and, and anything that I can do to help it make you know make it easier for them along the way. Which is so valuable because when you are launching a new business or you're going through a bump in your business or something, it's hard. It's so easy to just say, I just don't know or I just didn't know. And that's how we ended up in this situation or we ended up in this tax audit. I don't know, something, some kind of issue that could come up because you just didn't know. Whereas if you get yourself the support you need in your corner, then you're not going to run into as many of those times where you're like, well, I just didn't know. So now we're solving this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. In, in the time that we have, I'll gladly solve as much, as much of that as I can. Let's, let's dive into that, into the meat of some business law, at least. What are the key legal requirements and steps that are involved in forming a business ent entity? Yeah, so you know, my my perspective kind of harkens back to Benjamin Franklin when he was speaking about fires in the 1700s. You know, when he was talking about an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Um, you know, back then he was saying, you know, <laughs> let, let's let's try to prevent you know fires because it's way easier to prevent them than handling the fire itself. And, and, and the same principle applies to the legal world. Uh, if you are willing to put a little bit of time, a little bit of you know resources into early legal work, the the time and expense and frankly just frustration and headache it will save you in the long run uh, is is immense. I mean, varying from avoiding litigation to avoiding personal liability in certain situations. I mean, it's it can be hugely different. So I help. Uh, uh, small business owners and new entrepreneurs, you know, figure out what type of entity to get into. This can range from a sole proprietor to an LLC to a partnership, an S corp. Um, we talk about if you should have employees versus independent contractors. We talk about if you should, you know, what type of contracts you should have. You know, just as a plug here for anybody, even if you don't end up using an attorney or something like that. Please get as much of your business transactions down in writing because as much as you may like the person, as much as you may trust the person, when it comes to money, people change. And, uh, and if it's not written, even if you have a really strong oral agreement, uh, it's really hard to enforce and it's really hard to, to handle on the legal side if it's just an oral agreement. So, you know, uh, absolutely try to get as much written down as you can. And, um, you know, there's various other things that we can talk about in terms of, you know, keeping your your finances separate, right? This is an important one, uh, and I feel like I might be expanding too much on this question. No, but... this is great. <laughs> <laughs> so, so one of the principles is, 
the idea behind forming, say, a limited liability company, right, an LLC, is to avoid personal liability, you know, li basically legal liability on you personally. So, you know, you have your business, the business has whatever assets or income, and then if you get sued, the idea is they can only sue what's in the business and not what's in your name, right? Your house, your car, your personal bank accounts. But there are things that if you don't do them correctly, it can actually make you personally liable. And chief among them is what's called commingling of funds. This is where if, if you don't keep separate books, separate records, separate bank accounts for your personal against your business, the courts basically view it in, a, in the same way. They say, look, if you're not going to take the time and effort to separate your personal and business, right, we're, we're not going to do it for you. So therefore, this is what's called piercing the corporate veil. So therefore, a business lawsuit might actually end up being a personal liability. And so the reason you form LLCs and limited partnerships and S-Corps and things like this is to protect against this exact situation. But even if you formed it, if you don't operate it correctly, uh, you can actually negate all of the good that forming it would have done. So it's things like this that I try to walk my you know, new business and small business clients through, you know, and just help them avoid certain pitfalls and things to look for and, and, and advice like that. I love that. And it reminds me uh, a lot of the pandemic because we, it was a terrible and very difficult time for small businesses, of course, but there was a large difference, right, between the ones that were operating correctly, the ones that had separate books from their business to their personal books, and the tools that were available to them as to the people that were a little bit more messy and didn't have things separated, didn't have an LLC or different kind of formation set up right. that were stuck and couldn't take advantage of the tools that were available through that really difficult time. Yes. Yeah. And that was a difficult time for all of us. And, um, and, and talk about transition. <laughs> Sorry, I got my dog here with me. Um, uh, talk about a transition where you're used to working outside of the home you're used to having physical receipts you're used to having physical you know interaction with people and then having to transition to work from home and all of a sudden now everything is remote it's so much easier to just put it you know oh i'll just stick it in the same stack of papers with all my personal mail here or i'll just put it in my personal bank account because my business bank is farther away you know and it, it just changed so many things um that, uh, that it really, like you said, it, it, it highlighted those that were doing it correct because do it correctly because they, they didn't really have to change much. And those that were kind of in the gray area or not doing it right, uh, it really exacerbated some of the problems that they may have had and it really exposed some of that. And hopefully, you know, a lot of them were able to see that and get it fixed and, and, uh, and that's the goal here. But, um, you know, big changes like that can all of a sudden reveal, oh, goodness, I, I thought I was doing this right or, you know, I, I wasn't doing this right. And now I've been called out and I got to fix it and things like this that happen. And, you know, listen, all new businesses, you're not expected to do it properly. You're not expected to do it perfectly. Um, you know, even the IRS acknowledges this. Right. You're supposed to keep separate personal and business bank accounts and separate personal and business records. Um, but the IRS says, look, you know, of course you're going to have to fund the business when it starts from your personal bank account. So, you know, they, they acknowledge that your personal account is going to be a little bit used and in flux with the business. Uh, but what I always tell people is, you know, try to 
still create the process so that when you do start having money and you start having you know revenue that you can count on the process is in place so in other words business income goes into business bank account business expenses get paid out of the business bank account and then what's left you can transfer to your personal account as income well if the business is starting right you, you, you don't have any revenue to pay the expenses or anything like that so you just it, as opposed to paying it personally or out of your personal bank account just transfer it from your personal bank account to the business bank account and then go through that same process where you pay it out of the business bank account maybe you write checks maybe you have a business credit card things like this um, but but that's the start of the process and then you just replace the personal account transfers to actual business revenue but you've already started the process and that's how you kind of you know walk down and create those habits uh, and those processes to 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 you know guide the business in the way that it's supposed to be absolutely and to get ahead of it right so that you're not spending an abundance of time when the revenue does come in and when you are spending so much time in the business you're not also having to then turn around and look at the books fix things up and realign things where they should be yes. so I think that is sound advice for for the fellow <laughs> entrepreneurs um, so when someone is looking for a small business attorney to help guide them through these processes what would you give them as advice to finding the right attorney for them? Yeah, you know, it's a great question. Um, I think I would find someone who has experience, someone who's probably willing to give them an initial free consultation. And, and I would ask about capacity, right? There are great attorneys out there and, and people tend to flock to those attorneys. And so ask, say, hey, do you have capacity to take me on? And just because someone does have capacity doesn't mean they're a bad attorney. I'm just saying, you know, you, you want to find out, can, can you devote some time to my case? Can you talk me through what you think the next steps would be? And, uh, and just find that out. You know, if you have a real, real nuanced, excuse me, a real niche or nuanced business area, maybe find an attorney that knows about it. Right. Uh, I don't know. Think of something off the top of my head. But if you if you create really you know specialized widgets, right? Maybe find an attorney who who knows about that area, or maybe they worked there as a kid or something. Right. You know, and they, they understand the process. So, anyway, something to think about in terms of finding your attorney. Um, you know, hiring hiring a business. You know, and I, I guess I would say this way: at least hire someone who has business experience. Right probably don't hire say a patent attorney to help with business law things like this um you know i, I equate that to you know asking your knee surgeon your knee surgeon to look at your shoulder <laughs> right exactly so you know and, and this is this is all to say there are services like legal zoom that can work for for you know specific cookie cutter scenarios but if your business like this nuanced widget that i described is is different you know a, a small amount of legal fees up front is significantly more efficient um than large amounts of legal fees later right if you get into litigation it, it's just time and expense and it's awful I, I do everything i can to help keep my clients out of litigation that's amazing and I think it's important like you said to talk with the different attorneys so that you match somebody with your personality you find the person that is as committed to your success as you are right you don't want to be working with somebody or paying somebody that's just trying to get you to the end of the process right it's someone that's committed to making sure you're gonna be successful today and in the future of your business 
Exactly. Yeah. Surround yourself by a team of professionals, right? Find yourself someone who's really good in, you know, accounting, taxes, bookkeeping, that type of thing. Find someone who's a legal professional. Find maybe just a general business coach who you can just bounce, you know, marketing ideas off of. Things like this. You know, surround yourself maybe by other entrepreneurs. You know, people who who can give you knowledge that you don't have to learn the hard way yourself, and, and you will be in a much better position being able to just ask them, even if you have to pay for some of that advice, right? Go to the attorney, go to the tax person, go to the business coach. Hey, can I steal an hour, right? What, what's your rate for an hour, right? I have all these questions. Let's go through them. Uh, it'll be worth that time in gold, you know, their weight in gold to, to be able to go through that and avoid a lot of pitfalls that they will probably uh, walk you through. Yes, and I think one of the most invaluable tools is empowering yourself with that knowledge, gaining the knowledge that you need to be able to be a business owner. Um, and yes, your expertise is probably in your niche of your business. And so that's where you have to network. You have to reach out to those that have their expertise in the business law side or like you said whether it's the marketing side gaining that specialization from others can help advance the business even if like you said it does cost an upfront investment you know it's scary to start a business and the last thing you want to do as a business owner because you're already wearing all the hats right you're you're the ceo you're the cfo you're the chief technology officer, you're the marketing, you're the HR, you know, I mean, yeah. you're, you're everything. And, and the last thing you also want to be is the, you know, tax person, the bookkeeper, the, the, uh, you know, attorney, you know, things that you can delegate out that either, you know, you can delegate like bookkeeping or that are just beyond your expertise. Like if you have to look for, you know, property, find a realtor. Don't spend hours and hours every day driving around. You know, find someone who that's their area, right? So, so utilize people in their area of expertise and it'll do wonders for your business. I love that advice, especially for anybody starting off because you have that want or that desire to just wear all of the hats and try to figure it all out. And that can just make it much slower and much more difficult, right? <laughs> so, before I let you go here, this has been an amazing conversation so far, but is there anything else that you would really like to share for somebody that is searching for a small business attorney in Broomfield, Colorado? Yeah, you know, I think that I would tell you this, and it doesn't necessarily have to be an attorney per se, or at least this description doesn't apply to only attorneys. Um, don't find yourself a yes man. Right. You know, your significant other, your kids, your mom. Right. That's your yes, man. You know, you're the best, honey, you know, type thing. Right. Um, you know, you're, you're my whatever. So, you know, moms are always the greatest. Yes, man. But uh, but but find someone who's willing to challenge you. Right. If they were willing to tell you the truth early on and it could have helped guide and shape your business into a more profitable and more efficient business way sooner if they had just said, you know, that doesn't seem like the optimal way to approach this. Maybe there's another way to do it, right? They don't necessarily have to have the solution, but they at least need to be a, a sounding block, right? And, and someone that's going to just, you know, kind of pause you along the way and say, what about this? What about that? And, uh, you know, attorneys can do that. A uh, good business coach can do that. So, you know, if you're looking for an attorney, uh, find someone who will at least look beyond just the legal issues. I try to act as, 
something of a conciliary, you know, just general advice for my business clients to say, you know, hey, you know, have you tried to approach it this way? There's guerrilla marketing, there's conventional marketing, you know, there's SEO, there's different things like this. And I have contacts who I refer people out to, you know, to get specialized advice in those areas and, and just find someone who's willing to guide you and not just uh, only stay within their box or be a yes man. So, you know, my advice would be just find someone who's willing to go get in the trenches with you, but then, you know, keep you honest while you're in there. I think it's so inspiring to hear this perspective from you, Tosh, as an attorney yourself, because some people might think that that's not, they're not going to find that an attorney, and they do in an attorney, and that they do have to search for a business coach or any partner or something. But with the right attorney, they can challenge your current narrative. They can ask you, how can we improve this process as long as, like we said earlier, they are committed to your success. So I love that you're sharing that perspective with us and giving our audience the opportunity to hear it straight from an attorney's mouth. <laughs> well, Haley, Thanks. this has been great. I, I really love this. I love the idea of getting the, the word out there. I, you know, I love my clients. I love being able to help my clients and those around them and the people in my community just being able to you kind of get the word out. My wife always rolls her eyes because there's, you know, a, a huge lotto jackpot right now. I think it's like you know, hundreds of millions or something, maybe even close to a billion. And I always tell my wife, I said, you know, if I won that, I'd probably still keep doing the same thing I do. I just would do it for free, right? You know, I would, I would just work for free. So anyway, that's, I know it's cheesy, but, uh, but I do love what I do. I love getting to help people. And I, I'm, I'm thankful for this opportunity to just be able to share some of that knowledge with your audience. Thank you again for sharing your um, expertise and shedding light on the legal process that takes place during a business launch. It's been an absolute pleasure having you. Well, thank you, Haley, and I wish your audience the best. Thank you, and thank you to our listeners from me. Thank you for tuning in to this exciting episode of The Legal Odyssey. Remember that this podcast is not legal advice, but it is designed to empower you with the knowledge and insights from the sharpest legal minds in America. So join us next time for another captivating exploration of the secrets that will have you feeling confident in each life change. Until then, stay legally empowered.